fantastic. Hey, if you love Jesus, can you give it up for the King of Kings this morning? Oh, you didn't hear me. I said, if you love him, can you give it up for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords this morning? Can you honor the King in this place? God, we give you glory. We give you praise. We give you all the dominion in his house in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Hey, why don't you grab your seats this morning? It is so good to be here. Is you doing well? Two people are doing well. Praise the Lord. Two people are going, oh, fantastic. This is awesome. I, I came in, uh, I think it was Wednesday, or oh, not Wednesday, uh, Friday morning, and I said to Pastor Rob when I called him on the phone, and I said, hey, uh, I'm going to jump off the plane, and when I do, you, you can't miss me. I'm the guy who's wearing the ski jacket, and he thought I was joking, because I live up in Brisbane, right, and it's really nice and warm in Brisbane. Actually, the weather in Brisbane is very similar to today. I think it's 22, 23 degrees this morning, which is perfect and beautiful. I grew up wherever you're welcome. Um, but I came out of the plane with my big, big ski jacket, and he looked at me and went, oh, I know who you are. You, you're Pastor Eddie, aren't you? I'm like, yeah, you just couldn't tell. It wasn't the skin color. It was the jacket. Praise the Lord. Uh, but it's so good to be here this morning. It's a privilege and honor to be here this morning. And like Pastor Rob said, I met Pastor Pauline maybe two or three years ago, three years ago maybe, in Sydney, and we were doing some work together doing uh, the Tom Wood Ministry at Arthur Preachers, and it was fantastic. And we got to know each other, and I met Pastor Rob. A planning session two years ago, and like I said, it's a great honor to be here today. I haven't been to the country before, so it's my first time. I'm a city kid, and so it's like t city meet country, fantastic. And uh, I went shooting yesterday for the first time. I know it was incredible. I got a shotgun. It was it was so good. I was in the zone. I called my wife up and said, "Babe, you would not believe what I'm doing today." She's like, "What are you doing?" I'm going, "I'm going shooting," and there was silence on the phone. I promise I'm not going to kill anyone. Silence on the phone. And then a few minutes later, it was like, just make sure you come back alive. I'm like, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. Hey, let me tell you a little bit about myself. Uh, my name is Ade Ayoko. Uh, I am not Japanese. I promise I got a Japanese last name. I have no Japanese blood whatsoever. I am complete, 100% African. At least that's what I think I am. Um, just so you know a little bit about, my, about me, I was born in a place called Nigeria in a city called, ja in a city called Kaduna in a state called Kaduna, and uh, when I was about six months old, we moved to the UK. We lived there for three and a half years, and then we went back to Kaduna, and we stayed there for another five years, and then we moved from there to a place called Papua New Guinea, which is just like six hours flight from Brisbane, and when I was about 12 years old, my parents thought it'd be, it wasn't my parents' fault, it was my fault. I told them I wanted to go to boarding school. I know. Uh, um, so I told them I wanted to go to boarding school, and they said, awesome. And so we went for a family holiday to Brisbane. And we, they told us to pack a suitcase, and my brother shared a suitcase with mom and dad, and it was fantastic. And I had a suitcase all to myself, and we just didn't click. And we got to Brisbane, and when we arrived to Brisbane, they said, we love you, happy Christmas, God bless you, see you later, we'll see you in six months, bye-bye. And so I've been in Brisbane ever since. Uh, I'm a pastor at a church called IC Church, and the reason I'm here is because I've got great senior pastors, Pastor Paul and Joe Geeling, who are the leaders of our church, and they released me to do what I'm doing today, and it's an honor to be here as a result of that. I also run a Bible college out at Brisbane. Uh, it's called IC College, and so I've been doing that for a little while. I used to be an engineer, but now I'm a pastor, so it tells you a little bit about myself. Oh, my family. Uh, can we put the photo up? Yeah. I know, aren't they beautiful? Aren't they be I I'm married up, eh? It's awesome. So in case you're wondering, that is me. I, I know you couldn't tell, but... That black fella over there, that's me. And that's my beautiful wife, that's Han. Uh, she's Vietnamese, so she's Asian. And those are my two little kids. My kids are black, and they're not Asian. They're Blackanese. They're somewhere in between. 
it's true. It's true. You tell, here's a funny thing, right? You go to my little boy and go, what are you? He looks at me and goes, I'm like daddy. I'm like, what's daddy? He goes, Dad, daddy's brown. I'm like, what are you? He goes, oh, I'm a little Asian, a little bit African. I'm like, yeah, that's right. And this is my little girl. Uh, she's about two years old. Perez is my boy. Uh, he's four in August, and he's fantastic. Uh, Perez means breakthrough. Uh, breakthrough is my favorite thing on the planet, and so I believe in breakthrough power of God, and so I named my kid Perez simply to mean breakthrough. And my little girl's name is Zara, and Zara simply means arise and shine. Uh, here's the deal, right? I really believe that when you come to praise God, to give God a praise, that God will cause you to have a breakthrough. And whenever you have a breakthrough, you begin to rise and shine in all that ha- God has for you. So I just decided to name my kids prophetically and believe that that's what God's going to do in the lives of people who encounter them in Jesus' name. So that's a little bit about my family. Uh, they're fantastic and awesome. My wife sent her regards. She wishes she was here. I showed her a picture of um, the hotel I was staying and the view that I have, and she was jealous. You just need to wait for me while I get a drink. There's that awkward moment where the preacher needs a drink and everyone's looking, and you don't have a drink, but I have a drink, and it's awesome. And he's turning the bottle. Yes, he takes the cap off. He slips up the water. So good. How's your water? Oh, oh yeah, a couple of people have water. Praise the Lord. Ah, fantastic. And so that's a little bit about myself. It's a little bit about my family. Um, and like I said, I'm based in Brisbane, and it's fantastic. And this morning, I just really have a thought that I want to share with you very quickly. Um, I, I really feel like God gave me a word for you as a church of one heart. And uh, I'm going to do a part one this morning and hopefully do a part two uh, later on tonight. Oh, I should mention this. I have the most messed up accent that you've ever heard. You probably figured that out already. I sound a little bit British. I sound a little bit American. I sound a little bit Aussie, I think. And if you wait long enough, you hear a little bit of African. Oh, my God. Um, you hear a little bit of African in there as well, which is great. But uh, if you have your Bibles this morning, uh, can you turn with me to the book of Ephesians, chapter 3, verse 20? Ephesians, chapter 3, verse 20. Oh, I think I fully messed up there. Excuse me. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. I'm going to read from the New King James Version of the Bible, and this is what it says. Now unto him, of now glory to God who was able, oh, that's the NIV. I'll read it from the New King James. That's all right. Now unto him who was able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask, think, and imagine according to the power that is at work within us. Let me read it again. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask, think, and imagine according to the power that has worked in us. Let me read it from the, M- the Amplified Version. This is what it says. Now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and to do super abundantly more than all that we dare to ask or think, definitely beyond our greatest prayers, our greatest prayers, our greatest hopes or dreams, according to the power that is at work within us. Uh, this morning, I want to talk to you very quickly from the topic, God is able. Uh, okay, let me tell you a little, one more thing about myself. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm a black preacher. I know you couldn't tell before, but I'm a black preacher. And because I'm a black preacher, I, I kind of need you to help me out. So we do this thing in my church. I'm going to pretend I'm home. Can I do that? Is that all right? I'm just going to pretend like I'm home. So we do this thing in my campus, right, because I look after a campus in Brisbane. And whenever I talk and I say something that's remotely good, 
like remotely good, like, you know, the weather's autumn or something like that. Something just good. They just get all excited, clap their hands and say, amen. And when they do that, I finish the service really quickly. I promise. So can we just, can we just practice this for a moment? So I'm just going to say something. If it's remotely good, you just get to say, you just get to clap and cheer and get all, get all excited. Sound good? All right. God is good. Oh, you almost got it. Almost there. Let me try this side. God is good. Oh, yeah, almost there. Let's try another one. So, Port Lincoln is the best city in the world. Yeah. Oh, that, that, was a, that did a lot better than God is good. That's a little bit scary. This one more time. God is good. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. So, here we go. God is able. God is able. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak through this lips of clay, the unsearchable riches of Christ, oh God. I pray that God, you would say something that would change a human heart this morning in the name of Jesus. I pray, oh God, that you would inspire your people, you would instruct your people, you would empower your people, you would transform your people. God, I thank you this morning for victory on the left, victory on the right, victory behind, and victory in front. God, use me this morning to change and transform people. In Jesus, let faith begin to rise in the hearts of people. In Jesus, Jesus' mighty name we pray, and the people of God said, oh, you were so there. Hey, I, I love the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians is one of my favorite books in the Bible. In fact, it is my favorite book in the Bible. I love the book of Ephesians. I, I love the book of Ephesians because the apostle Paul begins to write to the church in Ephesus, and he gets to chapter 1, and he writes to them and says this, and he says this really beautiful line, and he goes on and says, you, are, you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Can I tell you this morning, church, that God has blessed you with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. If you are a Christian in this place and you're a believer in the person called Jesus Christ, God has blessed you. God doesn't just want to bless you, but you are blessed with every spiritual blessing. You don't need to go seeking the blessing. You don't need to go looking for the blessing. You don't need to go pleading for the blessing. Because you are a child of the living God, God has, oh, hello, God has blessed you with every spiritual gift, every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Chapter 1 of Ephesians. And the Apostle Paul begins to write to them. He ends in chapter 1 and gets to chapter 2 when he says this. He says, you are, the God's, you are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for every good work. Simply to say that you were made on purpose, you were made for a purpose, and you were made with a purpose. Can I tell you this morning that you're not here by accident? Can I tell you this morning, despite how your parents made you, that you were not an accident, that God wanted you here on purpose, that God designed you here to come to planet Earth for a reason, that you were made on purpose, with a purpose, and for a purpose in mind, that you were somebody's Jesus that they're going to meet, that you were the answer to somebody's problem, because God designed you to be on planet Earth for a particular reason. You were made, hello somebody, you were made on purpose, you were made with a purpose, you were made for a purpose. Come on, say amen. And then he gets to chapter 3. And the Apostle Paul is trying to describe what is the undescribable love of God. He begins to try to describe and kind of put into words what is the mystery of God's love. And he gets and begins to write and finally gets to what we call verse 20. And it says, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, hello, above all that you can ask, think, and imagine, according to the power that is at work in you. Simply put, God is able. Can you say that with me this morning? God, oh, come on, say it like you mean it this morning. God, God is able. God is able. I, I don't know what you're going through this morning, but can I tell you, God is able. 
I'm not sure what your circumstance may be. Can I tell you, God is able. If you're in need of a healing, can I tell you, God is able. If you need direction, can I let you know, God is able. If you need provision, can I let you know, God is able. If you need a house, can I let you know, God is able. If you need a spouse, I can run. God is able. Whatever it is that you need, whatever it is you're seeking, whatever it is you desire, God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask, think, and imagine according to the power of God that is at work in your life because God is Oh, you're good. Come on. This feels like home. God is able. If you forget anything I said this morning, I want you to remember. I want it to echo in your spirit. I want it to echo in your mind. I want you to get into your Monday, your Tuesday, your Wednesday, your Thursday, your Friday, your Saturday, and your Sunday. God is able. When you come to the end of 2017, I want it to be a reminder in your spirit that God is able. God is able. He's able to do exceedingly, hello somebody, abundantly, come on somebody, above all that you can ask, think in, and imagine God is is able. We good? We happy? I know I'm a little scary, I know. God is able. And so for the next few moments this morning, what I want to do is give you a couple of reasons why God is able. Is that cool? So if you've got a pen and a paper or an iPad or an iPhone, if you've got a Samsung, God bless you with the Samsung. We'll talk, talk about that. Let that slide. Amen. But if you've got a device of some sort, why don't you write on your page? D, I'm sorry, A-D-L-E, able. A-D-L-E. I think I can spell. Able. God is able. First of all, God is able because God is accessible. God is able because God is accessible. Psalm 46 verse 1 says this, that God is an ever-present help in time of trouble. In other words, God is not a distant God. God is not a faraway God. God is not a God that's out there somewhere. But rather, God is a close and personal God that we can interact with. God is not there just in the abyss somewhere out in the cosmos, just out in the stars waiting for us. But no, God is an ever-present help in time of trouble. God is easily accessible. He's close by. You can touch him. You can hold on to him. You can grab on to God. God is close by. He's easily accessible. I, I don't know if you're familiar with the Old Testament. And in the Old Testament, the high priest once a year would have an opportunity to go into the throne room of God, to go to what is called the Holies of Holies. And what they would do is they would tie a bell onto their legs just in case they had sin. And when they went in there, if they had not committed any sin, they would just come out easily. But if they committed a sin, they would go in, and when they entered the presence of God, they would just. And they would just die. And the only reason they would know they were dead is because they couldn't hear the bell walking around anymore. And so what they would do is they would get the rope, and they would just pull the rope. A couple of guys on the, out, on the outside would just begin to pull the rope until they drag the high priest out of the presence of God. But can I tell you the good news today? We live in the New Testament reality, 
And because of what Jesus did on the cross, we can boldly enter into the throne room of grace. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 says we can boldly enter into the throne room of grace and obtain mercy and find obtain grace and find mercy to help in time of need. In other words, we have access to the presence of God. We have access to the person of Christ. We have access to God himself. We have access to the presence, everything that God has for us. We have absolute access to it. And because we have access and easy access to the things of God, God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above everything that we can ask, think, and imagine according to the power that is at work in us because it's accessible, because we can access the things of God. We can access the presence of God. We can access the Word of God. We can access through the blood of Christ. Because of that, God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above everything that you ask, think, and imagine according to the power that is at work in you. Not only is God accessible, God is believable. God can be believed. Numbers chapter 23 verse 19 says this. God is not a man that he should lie. Not the son of man that he should change his mind. Now catch that. God is not a man that he should lie. He's not like you and I. We tell lies. We, we bad people. We tell bad lies too. And we, my favorite kind of lie that we tell is called the white lie. You know, that's the lie we tell because we don't want to hurt someone's feelings. Because isn't it like, oh, oh, baby, did you like dinner tonight? Oh, it was all right. But baby, it was, it was all, oh, man, you don't, you don't ever, you don't do that, do you, man? <laughs> all the wives are looking at their husbands. You better talk right now. You better not lie. You're in church. You better tell it like it is. Yes, you love my cooking. That's right. You love my cooking. But God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind. God is not a cheese. When God gives you a promise, you can take it to the bank. When God tells you something, it will be done. When God says something, it will be achieved. God does not lie. God can easily be believed. I, I don't know if you realize this, but there's over 3,000 promises in the Bible. Over 3,000 promises that you can hold on to. Over 3,000 promises relating to things like health. Over 3,000 promises relating to things like finances, relating to things like obedience, relating to things like marriage, relating to things like raising your children, relating to things like provision, relating to things like direction. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind. God can be believed. If God spoke to you about something, it's going to happen. Let me help the single people for a moment. You will get married. Amen. If God gives you a word about getting married, I promise you, you will get married because God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind. When God gives you a word, you can take it to the bank. It is believable. Now, I, I don't know what happens in the country here. I'm, I'm a city kid, right? And in the city, I, I've noticed something. I'm a pastor and I get to talk to people. And one of the things that happens is people, usually, it's usually the wife will come to me. And the wife will come to me and say something like this. I, I need you to have a chat with my husband. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I want you to fix him. I love that. Someone in the car says, I need you to fix him. Lord, do something about him. He's crazy. But they, the wife will come to me and tell me a story about, you know, my husband, every time I ask him to take the, the garbage out, he just doesn't do it. Instead, he's just watching television and watching the footy. He loves the crows. The crows are awesome. Oh, hello, got half the crowd going, yes, amen. And he would, she would tell me something like, my husband, she just, she just doesn't, he just doesn't take the rubbish out. 
I don't know, with country guys, you guys take the rubbish out, right? But you guys are good. City guys don't do that. They're just lazy. They're just lazy. What about the other one? As you're talking to them, it's about my husband. And then the husband goes, oh, you better back up. That's not true. You remember how you promised that you would not spend money on the credit card and buy some new shoes? I'm like, oh, hello. Hello. What am I trying to say? Really simple. God is not like us. You know how we lie about we're going to take the rubbish out in five minutes or I'm not going to spend any more money. I'm going to be good on the budget. God is not like that. When God says he's going to do something, God will actually do what he said he will. God is the promise keeper. God keeps his promises. When God says something, the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Whatever God says will happen. I was about 19 years old. I was sitting in my parents' house. I was doing some worship, praise and worship. I'd been fasting for maybe 21 days. And on the back of my fast, I was in the room lying on the chair. Uh, no, it wasn't the chair, on the floor. We had a big stereo system with something called a cassette player. Oh, you're right crowd. Right crowd. In the city, you know, people just look at you go, huh? Um, <coughs> a cassette player and this big stereo system. We had a CD, uh, something called a Discman, a Sony Discman. Amen. And I was there, and I'm listening to the song by uh, a group called Delirious. And the song goes something like this, I can sing of your love forever. I'm not going to sing. I've got a bad voice. It sounds awful. And I'm listening to the song. While I'm listening to the song, the song stops, and it's quiet. And I'm just, just staying there in the presence of God, and God begins to speak to me in a loud, audible voice. And begins to tell me about all the stuff I'm doing today. You know, talk to me about ministry, talk to me about marriage and a few different things. And while he's talking to me, it's amazing. And I'm talking to God saying, God, when will this happen? When will this happen? When will this happen, God? When will this happen, God? When will this happen? And in God's style, absolute silence. God doesn't say anything more. He just said it will happen. Fast forward 10 years. 10 years. 10 years I went to uni. 10 years I got married. 10 years I had children. 10 years, 10 years. It all, all in the 10 year span, nothing happened. And the only thing I could hold on to was the fact that God was a promise keeper. The only thing I could hold on to was simply the fact that God could be believed. The only thing I could hold on to is the fact that no, um, Numbers 23 verse 19 says that God is not a man that he should lie or the son of man that he should change his mind. And 10 years later, holding on to the promise, 10 years later, holding on, saying, God, you can be believed. 10 years later, God opens the door for ministry while I'm pastoring in the suburb that God spoke to me about 10 years before, all simply because I believe that God is believable and that God is able. I don't know what God spoke to you. I don't know what God is saying to you. I want you to understand this morning that God can be believed. And because God can be believed, God is able. God can be believed. He will do exactly what he said he will do in your life. God can be believed. And because he can be believed, God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask, think, and imagine according to the power that is at work within you. He's accessible. He's believable. He's loving. He's accessible. He's believable. But God is also loving. Romans chapter 5, verse 8 says this. But God demonstrates his love for us. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. John chapter 15, verse 13 says, it says this. No greater love is a man God for his friend that he would lay down his life for him. What am I trying to say here? God loves us. God cares about you. God is concerned about you. 
The thing that gets you worried at night gets God worried at night. The thing that makes you stressed at night makes God stressed at night. God is worried about you. God is concerned about you. God cares for you. God cares for you so much so that John chapter 3 verse 16 says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Because he loves you and cares for you, he sent his one and only son to die on the cross for your sins. God loves you. I told you I've got a three-year-old son, and uh, when he was about a year and a half, I did this thing with him where I would go up to him and say, Perez, before he goes to bed, I said, Perez, Daddy loves you. And he looks at me and goes, how much? Daddy loves you. And he's like, how much? Now it's he's about three years old, almost four, and it's reversed. I go to him at night before we go to bed, and I go, Perez, how much does Daddy love you? And he looks at me, gets a little giggle on, and goes, big much. His voice hasn't dropped. I was about to use another terminology that downs him. So his, vo- um, his voice hasn't dropped yet. And he goes, like, Perez, how much does daddy love you? Can I tell you this morning that daddy God loves you? That he loves you not just a little. He doesn't love you that much or that much or that much. But daddy God loves you big much. God loves you. And because God loves you, God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask, think, and imagine according to the power that is at work within you. Check this out. In the book of Luke, Jesus begins to... In the book of Luke, Jesus tells a story, Luke 5. About, we, we, well, we read the story in Luke 5 about a guy with leprosy who comes to Jesus to heal him. And the Bible says that he comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, if you're willing and you're able, will you make me whole? And the Bible goes on to say that Jesus stretched out his hands and said, I am willing and I'm able to be made whole. And the significance of the, the story is this. In a country, in a time and age where leprosy was considered to be the worst of the worst, in a time when leprosy was considered to be the scum of the earth, if you would, in a time when leprosy was considered to be the unlovable, the undesirable, the ones that were outcast from town. Jesus didn't just go up to him and say, be made whole. Jesus went up to him, Jesus physically touched him and said, hey, I'm going to heal you because I love you. Can I tell you this morning that God wants to check your mess. God wants to get involved. God wants to be part and parcel of the process. Why? Because God loves you. God cares for you. God wants to be involved with what's going on. And because God loves you, because he loves you, I don't know if you noticed this. Some of you might have noticed it. Because God loves you, did anyone see that? Because he loves you, let me help a few people out. Crosswise. Because he loves you, because he loves you big much, God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask, think, and imagine according to the power that is at work within you. Can I please help the band up? God is able to do. God is able. He's able because he's accessible. He's able because he's believable. He's able because he's a loving God. But he's able finally because he's exceedingly powerful. Can I say that again? He's able because he's accessible. He's able because he's believable. He's able because he's a loving God. 
but he's able because he's exceedingly powerful. Now, I mentioned before that I, I, I lecture. I'm a principal of a Bible college. And so, there, ooh, hello. There's a few words that we use in Bible college that are just technical words. They're theological words. Let me give them to you. Three powerful words that we use that I think is very fascinating. Big words that mean absolutely something to some people. But here we go. Let me see if I can break it down. The first one is this. We say that God is omniscient, which is a fancy way to say that God is all-knowing. We say that God um, is omnipresent, simply to mean that he's everywhere. And then we say he's omnipotent, simply to mean that God is all-powerful. God is exceedingly powerful. Now, here's the deal. If God was all-loving and had no power, he couldn't do anything. If all he was was love and couldn't, didn't have any power, he would just look at you, come next to you, come next to Pastor Rob and say, oh, I sympathize. Oh, brother, it's going to be okay. Oh, it's going to be fine. Oh, it's, that's good. And that's all he's going to do. But because God is not just loving but exceedingly powerful, he's able to actually do something when he sees you hurt. Watch this. If he was just all powerful and didn't have any love, he would be a tyrant. He would have so much power but would not be able to constrain or restrain himself. But because God is both powerful and God is both love, and he's able to do what we need him to do at the right moment. Hey, let me end with this last story. The year was 1988. I would have been about ooh, maybe six years old or something like that. We, at that stage in my life, we lived in a place called Kaduna in a city called Zaria, and my mother was sick. Uh, there was just myself and my little brother. He would be three years younger than me, so I was six. He would have been about three years old. And my mother got sick. And we lived in Africa, in Nigeria, and as you can imagine, the hospitals and the doctors, uh, the hospitals uh, in particular are not up to scratch to what they are, maybe in a place like Australia. And now uh, we're in Zaria, and so what happened is for three months, my mother went to the hospital. She went in, they did tests after tests after tests, and they couldn't find out what was going wrong. The doctors did everything that they know how to do, and they couldn't find out what the problem was. Eventually, they kind of said to her, we think you're going to die. We're just going to call it. We don't know what's wrong, but you're getting worse. Each week, you're getting worse, you're getting worse, you're getting worse. We think you're going to die. And so my mother would literally sit at home, do nothing for weeks on end. We would go to school, come back, and my mom would be in a sick bed, and it was just crazy. Can you just imagine that? A six-year-old and a three-year-old seeing their mom in bed all the time. Crazy. And one day, my dad walked over the street, went to his prayer partner, and somewhere while they were talking, I don't know what they read in the Bible, but they read something in the Bible that day. And they just had a realization in their spirit that God is able. They did this, something on the inside of them just came alive to say, you know what? We're not taking this anymore. It's got to stop right now. God is able. And so they decided that for the next three days, they were just going to pray. They were just going to lay hands on her. Whenever they thought about her, they were just going to lay hands on her and say, God is able. God is able. God is able. Can I tell you the good news? Can I tell you the good news? After three days of praying, after three days of standing on the word of God, after three days of believing that God is able, there was a complete turnaround. My mother celebrated her 61st birthday a little while ago. She's alive and well. She had one more child after that. Oh, come on. You can thank the Lord for that. All because 
God is able. I don't know what you're going through this morning. Can I tell you? God is able. I don't know what miracle you're believing God to do, but can I let you know? God is able. I don't know what your circumstances or what's happening in your world or what's going on in your marriage or what's happening with your children, what's happening with your family, what's happening in your finances, what's happening in your farm. I don't know what's going on, but I came to let you know this morning that God is able. He's able to do. Come on, somebody. Stand to your feet. He's able to do exceedingly. Come on. Abundantly. Above everything that you can ask, think, and imagine according to the power that is a work on the inside of you. God is, one more time, God, you say, Pastor Adam, why would you preach that message this morning? Very simple. On my way here on a Thursday afternoon, I got a prayer team. I've got this awesome team of people that pray for me, pray with me. They're praying for you right now. In fact, my little three-year-old and two-year-old, when I left the house, they do this thing where they put their hand on my head and they go, fire in Jesus' name. It's so cute. I said, you got to say fire pot Lincoln. They're like, fire pot, fire pot, fire. <laughs> Amen. They can't say pot Lincoln. But they were praying for you. But while we were praying on a Thursday afternoon, before I jumped on the plane on a Friday, we were praying and we just felt, me and my prayer team, that what God wanted to do in this house was God wanted to bring about miracles. That God wanted this to be a house of miracles. And in a couple of areas, that God wanted this to be a house of miracles where miracles would be happening 24-7. That I really get a sense in my spirit that there's some people seeking God for some particular miracles. Can I let you know that God has got those miracles in hand and God is about to bring it to pass. And you just need to remember that God is able. I felt like God talked to me that there's going to be financial breakthrough for some people in this place. I, I, I don't know the situation. I came in and Pastor Robert telling me it hasn't rained in a little while and we need some rain. Well, I got the faith to believe that God is able to bring, hello, some rain to the city in the name of Jesus. God is able. I also believe that there's going to be new people, new faces that's going to come in, new family members that will come in and be part and parcel of what we do here at One Heart. Why? Because God is able and this is the miracle zone. And so this is what we're going to do. I'm going to say a prayer. I'm just going to pray for all of us corporately. But if you're here and you're believing for a miracle, specific miracle, right, I want you to come out the front very, very quickly. And I want together with the ministry team here, we want to pray with you. We want to believe with you. We want to stand in agreement with you that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask, think, and imagine according to the power that is at work within you. Come on, with hands lifted up to a holy God in this place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, this morning, I thank you because you're able. I thank you because you're accessible. I thank you because you're believable. I thank you because you're loving, oh God. I thank you because you're exceedingly powerful, oh God. And this morning upon this church, we begin to prophesy, we begin to decree, we begin to declare, oh God, that you're able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask, think, and imagine. We pray, oh God, this morning that miracles will begin to break out in this city, in this town, in this church, oh God. We pray for financial miracles to happen. We pray for healings to occur. We pray for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in this house in the name of Jesus. God, God, we pray right now, oh God, that you are bringing new souls and new people in the mighty name of Jesus. And God, we thank you because you're a miracle working God and you're able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask, think, and imagine according to the power that's within us. Come on right now, why don't you lift your hands and begin to worship. And if you would like prayer for anything, why don't you come out the front, us and the team would love to pray for you and believe for a miracle in Jesus' name.